Hello and welcome back to Danton's Media. Follow us for all the latest news clips in regards to public markets, innovation and business. Follow for more. The following is a compilation of everything Mr. Jamie Dimon has just said with CNBC. Follow us for more. So let me first brag about Chase UK because I just met with uh, the team and a couple of hundred people working there. 2,000 people there now. One over a million accounts. People love it. Look at OSAVs going through all the issues and we you know we have a long-term plan to build and so uh, quite excited about it. they've done a great job and, and, and tech you know look you look at tech has always changes the world it is the thing that's changed just about everything i'm talking about over two thousand years so you should applaud that tech valuations obviously will come down you know i remind people when rates go up the present value of the first 10 years of something is a lot higher than it was before so anything where the payout is way out there automatically less value. So you've already seen a dramatic adjustment in these values. They may go up and they may go down. Some of them will succeed and some of them will fail. And I put that in a fairly typical category. I give a new government the benefit of the doubt. I would like to see the prime minister, the chancellor be enormously successful. And like I said, I've, I totally applaud the focus on growth. Growth comes from proper tax policies, proper investment policy, consistency of law, uh, that you know, people can rely on it, being attractive to foreign investment, being attractive to innovative companies, having strategies around industries, financial services. I like the fact they want to keep the financial services industry here, bio services, technology. I mean, no, there's a lot of things that UK has going for it. And yeah, proper strategy can get it growing faster, and then they can accomplish some of the other objectives it wants to accomplish too. So I think every government should be focusing on growth. I would love to hear that like out of the mouth of every time a president or a prime minister speaks. So I think you got to put two things in mind here. Currently, right now, the U.S. economy is actually still doing well. Consumers have money, you know, fiscal stimulus. They still have more than they had before. They're spending 10% more than last year, 35% more than pre-COVID. Their balance sheets are in great shape. Yes, debt's gone up a little bit, but not nearly to pre-COVID levels. And therefore, even when we go into recession, they're going to be in much better shape than 08 and 09. Companies are in good shape. Credit's very good. Uh, markets are still open, though, rocky and stuff like that. But you, gotta, you, you can't talk about the economy without talking about the stuff in the future. And this is serious stuff, okay? This is inflation, which obviously is you know, changing the effect of those numbers I just told you about. It's rates going up more than people expected already and probably a little bit more from here. It's QT, which we've never had before. Uh, so therefore, the unknown effects, and you see it today in bond markets around the world and sovereign markets and people selling U.S. Treasury debt, and it's the war. And these are very, very serious things, which I think are likely to push the U.S. Uh, and you know, the world. I mean, Europe is already in recession, and they're likely to put U.S. in some kind of recession six, nine months from now. If we do see the U.S. go into recession, how severe do you expect it to be, and how long do you expect it could last? Yeah, well, this is the thing no one ever really knows, right? You have a strong consumer going into it. Businesses are in pretty good shape, but they were amazingly resilient during COVID. You know, even the ones that, that had no government support and stuff, stuff like that. And I think governments did do a hell of a job getting their thing to recover. So we don't know. I mean, you, you have, now you have to look at the range of outcomes. It can go from, you know, very mild to quite hard. And, and a lot will, you know, rely on what happened to this war. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, to guess is hard, be prepared. And, 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 but the one guarantee, which we've been consistent about, is volatile markets. You're going to have volatile markets. You've already seen markets down quite a bit, no IPOs, very little high yield, bridge loans being hung and stuff like that, which is pretty typical, but it's still been orderly. I think it's possible you can see it be disorderly sometime in not not too near future. How do you think the Fed is doing in managing this whole situation? Well, let me give them credit for what they did in COVID. 
and I hate to second guess people because I think it's easy for everyone to do. In hindsight, you know, they waited too long and did too little and QT should have started sooner and all that. But they're clearly catching up. They're clearly motivated to catch up. And, you know, from here, we let's all wish them success and keep our fingers crossed that they that they manage to slow down the economy enough that doesn't you know, to cause it, whatever it is is mild. And it's possible. I wouldn't take that off. I think, the, like I said, the far more serious thing is this war, far more serious than the short term effect of the economy and things like that. It is a, you know, it's a day that's going to live in infamy. And, you know, it's Pearl Harbor, it's Czechoslovakia, uh, and it's really an attack on the Western world. A free democratic European nation uh, was attacked by 3,000 tanks in Europe, uh, defended, not defended, with a nuclear threat umbrella. Uh, you know, it's a de devastating war. We don't know the outcome. We don't know the outcome of most wars. And, of course, it's rolling oil markets, food markets, and it's changing everyone's mind about national security around everything, whether it's food, energy, technology, et cetera. It's a chance for the Western world to get us act together. You know, the autocratic world thinks that the Western world's a little lazy and incompetent. There's a little bit of truth to that. This is the chance to get our act together and to solidify the Western free, democratic, capitalist, free people, free movements, freedom of speech, freedom of religion for the next century. Because if we don't get this one right, that kind of chaos you can see around the world for the next 50 years. There have been a lot of Lehman comparisons made in recent weeks and months with regards to the fallout from the energy crisis. You are the only Wall Street CEO who is around to navigate the global financial crisis. How worried are you about Europe this winter, given everything that's going on in Ukraine and with the energy supply? Yeah, well, I think we're getting energy completely wrong, which is, you know, ever since this war started, you've known that Europe was going to have a problem and that it was pretty predictable that Putin was going to cut off some gas and certain oil and oil prices would go up. And by the way, for the climate folks here, it's made the climate worse because people had this bad assumption that high oil prices and gas prices reduce consumption, reduce CO2. No, poor nations, India, China, Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam, are turning back on coal plants, as are rich nations called Germany, Netherlands, France. We have it completely backwards. And in my view, America should have been pumping more oil and gas, and it should have been supported. You know, we're trying to have our cake and eat it too a little bit. And so you have the, the, you have the problem this winter, which it sounds like they've got enough supply to get through this winter. But we, we have a longer term problem now, which is the world is not producing enough oil and gas to reduce coal, make the transition, create security for people. Uh, so I would put it in a critical category. And th this should be treated almost as a matter of war at this point, not as, a, uh, as nothing short of that. So, you know, people don't be surprised. Like I was not surprised at Nord Stream 1 being blown up. My, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another pipeline or a tanker in the wrong place. And people need to be prepared at this one. And obviously, America needs to play a real leadership role. America is the swing producer, not Saudi Arabia. And, and, we, and we should have gotten that right starting in March. It's almost too late to get it right because obviously these are longer term investments. Speaking of getting it right with regards to Saudi Arabia, uh, President Biden was um, heavily criticized for his efforts in the Middle East, OPEC going ahead with their uh, production cuts despite President Biden pu pushing against that. How would you say the Biden administration has handled things and, and has Biden been strong enough? You know, I think they've done a good job. I don't, look, I obviously don't agree with everything the administration has done. And I, th and I think all of us need to focus more on growth agendas, which we really don't do very much of. 
Uh, but I think they've done a very good job coalescing the Western world, keeping it together around this war in Ukraine. And that's good. That needs to be sustained because this can go on for years. The, the, the notion this might end right away, I think, is a false notion. I think we should, should have and could have done more on oil and gas. I think, you know, if you're an American leader, uh, you know, obviously you're going to deal with people that you may not want to deal with. I'm not talking about Saudi Arabia. You know, FD, FDR and Winston Churchill dealt with Stalin. You know, and I, I think people make a mistake to, you know, to have butterflies and roses and stuff like that. That's not what this is. And obviously we should be working with Saudi Arabia. They've been a longtime ally. You know, they are a producer of oil and gas. I don't know what the private conversations are. I do think that in the long run, they are far better off aligning with America than with some of those other folks. And I think they probably know that. And I assume that was part of the president's conversation. Let's take it back to markets. I mean, you guys remind people, it's still the American military that protects all that oil flow around the world, including the oil going to China. I want to just circle back to your initial comments around Russia, Ukraine. You seem particularly concerned about this war and its impact. Do you see Putin using tactical nuclear weapons? I couldn't possibly comment on that any more than you know. So, yeah. And if you could... But, but I, you know what comment I will make? Nuclear proliferation is still the greatest threat to mankind. Okay? If we're not sitting here in 200 years, it'll be because of nuclear proliferation. And I do think you know, this is an example that we, we how, much, how important it is. And I think Putin also taught the world that having a nuclear weapon gives you pretty much authority to bully any neighbor you want.